Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of Grow a Soul. Today is a coaching episode and I'm talking with illustrator Emma Bradstreet all about self-doubt in business. We identified that Emma was struggling with what I call the holy trinity of low confidence, comparison, expectation and perfectionism. We unpack each of these with some useful self-talk and exercises to not let them overcome you in the moment. We talk about being proactive and taking action around your doubts, building self-trust and aiming to live with rather than completely obliterate your fear. So let's dive in. Hi, Emma. Hi. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. No worries. I'm excited to dig into everything today. But as usual, before we do so, introduce yourself. So tell us a little bit about your story and who you are and the business and kind of how you've got to where you are now. Sure. So I am Emma. I've um, started my business, which is uh, Emma Bradstreet Illustration. And basically it kind of came from of a chain of events really so I studied fashion design at uni I've always been very interested in sort of the creative arts and um, felt like that was the route I wanted to go down and yes I've been I was working in with in that industry up until a few months ago and I kind of just realized that I'd lost the sort of passion for that and this was my new where I wanted to be so I've been doing sort of on the side illustration and greetings cards for the last six years or so so, well, my family grew up in Hong Kong. I grew up in Hong Kong. My my family are there. And I started, it just started as a bit of a fun project, really, with my uh, me and my mum. And um, I just thought, oh, I'll just design some Christmas cards and see how they get on. And we did a couple of markets. And I sort of was had a, was a bit bold and just thought, oh, I'm just going to email some of the bookshops and see if they'll take them. And, mm-hmm. and they did. And we sort of we're just hoping if we break even, that would be great. It'll just have been a bit of fun. And if we make money, that'd be even better. But yeah, they did, they did quite well. And we did it every year and we've kind of increased it uh, to the point where I sort of, we sort of felt like, okay, well, it makes it silly not to make more of this and um, start doing things throughout the year and so on. So I started doing that in the UK mm-hmm. and in Hong Kong. And yeah, it just kind of snowballed. And I, the more I did it, the more I loved it. And I was doing it sort of in my lunch breaks at work and at home and on the weekends. And it's just just really grew, really. And mm-hmm. I, I've, I've, I've not looked back. I've sort of loved it ever since. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of what I'm actually doing, it's kind of focused mainly on um, the countryside sort of inspiration and flora and fauna. And it's letterpress printing that I'm mainly focusing on. Uh, so I've got some greeting cards and note cards and um, they're focused around that so it's quite a traditional old mm-hmm. craft where you use an old press to um, print your designs onto onto card but it kind of creates a lovely deboss into the paper so it just feels really luxurious and something special to receive and to send yeah something that just fills you with joy I suppose so that's it <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that kind of 
that beginner's kind of nerve of, oh, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to email all these shops. And then you get to a point where you're like, oh, God, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> yeah, as if, as if I did that. <laughs> I know. And so it's interesting then that actually it's been six years in the making and then only a couple of months actually doing it. Has that kind of changed your approach a little bit? Definitely. I think the stuff I was doing in Hong Kong is very different to what I'm doing now. I think it, it works well for that that kind of market, but I, it is very different. And um, I think also the, the approach has had to change because it was quite a, not a naive starting point, I suppose. But as yeah, as I was fairly new to it all, and it didn't really matter because I had a side, you know, yeah. I had a full time job. It was just sort of small small steps but in some ways I learned a lot from there that I also had to apply here you know finding printers finding suppliers you know contacting people but but things have changed slightly from you know yeah the differences between the two countries are, are, have been quite noticeable mm. in the markets and things but yeah so it's been quite a learning curve from now because I've felt more like I've had to set up a a business as opposed to before I didn't really have a business it was just a project yeah I had some cards and now I've got a, a business that I've got to make an income from and yeah that that brings a whole other weight to it so I guess that kind of leads us into a little bit about what we're going to talk about today which is the kind of confidence piece and the mindset piece because you've had a big change it's gone from as you say being a project to a business and oh I need to actually make my money from this now and I guess that's brought up a lot of different things for you yeah I suppose it's I think I've always been a little bit bad with my confidence you know getting in the way and your sort of inner critic Mm. popping up all the time but it's yeah it's it's kind of learning to balance that I suppose and um, and that yeah I think that's become more I used to feel that a lot at work, but now obviously this is my work. It's I used to have the ideas that I was like, oh, when I do, when I have my own business, I'm doing what I want to do, and I'm, you know, it's my thing. I won't, I won't feel like that anymore. Mm. But of course, it follows you around, doesn't yeah. it? And um, yeah, so it's. I think it also because you're work, working on your own, and it's there's although I have family and friends to kind of show things to, but um, often they're just lovely and tell me everything's mm-hmm. good. <laughs> But in your head, you're like, oh, it's not, you know, it's, yeah, it's silly because I think sometimes it's, it's listening. I don't, I don't necessarily listen to the facts of what, you know, I might have a really successful market or something and get some good sales and good responses. But in my head, the next day, I might still be thinking, oh God, I can't do this. So I don't know. It's, Mm. um, and would you say, would you say that it's, it shows up differently now in this business than it used to? when you're at work or is it the same message that you're being told by that kind of self-doubt voice but just a different context I think it probably yeah it probably is the same message but I think in some ways I feel slightly more secure in this what I'm doing now because I suppose at my old job because I was I was a designer at a fashion brand and you know you have to show your work to so mm-hmm. many different people before it sort of gets signed off and gets made so there's a lot of areas for points where you for judgment I suppose and that's totally fine it's not a um nothing's personal but yeah whereas here it's more just my opinion and my and if if you don't if people don't like it they don't they won't buy it so I don't actually hear much of the negative Mm. comments I suppose you just that comes through in 
sales or lack yeah. of. But you're making them up for yourself then in your head, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the thing. I think I'm the one that's like, oh, well, <laughs> you know, thinking things. So, yeah, I suppose it's a, probably fairly similar, but um, kind of comes through in different ways. Mm. Okay, so I think what we're talking about there a little bit, because we've kind of broken down the, the holy trinity of self-doubt, if you like, into comparison, expectations and perfectionism. And I think what we're talking about there is the perfectionism piece really, isn't it? Is that something that you identify with? Yeah, I think so. I think that's it. It's always, I want to be the best I can be. And I want I want other people to think that, well, I've done really good. I think that's it. It's the fear of someone looking at your work and thinking, hmm, that's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, oh. So yeah, I think that probably is, the majority of where it stems from actually and so how does that kind of show up in the way that you work do you find that you're reticent to put new stuff out there or are you quite good at believing in it in the moment but then over time you start to doubt it I think it's it's probably that yeah I think I definitely believe in it in the moment and then uh, yeah put things out there and I think it's just niggling voices now and again because I think overall I absolutely believe in what I'm doing and I absolutely love it and I know that I would be you know I want to buy the things I make which I think Mm -hmm. hopefully is you know a sign that at least I'm doing what I want what I believe in so I do do have strong kind of belief in it but it's the I suppose it's the day-to-day sometimes where it's you kind of start questioning it. You, oh, I haven't looked at it all properly in a while because I'm sort of working on one design or or doing some freelance work, and then I start to think, oh, it's is it any good? You know, and you start to question it again. So it's yeah, a bit of a mixture. I think sometimes, you know, and I put stuff out there. I do feel really confident because I, otherwise I wouldn't put it out there. But it's after yeah, after after some time, you start to think, oh, are people going to like this or not? Mm. And do and do you still like it? Yes, I I do. I do Mm. like it. But I think I've always had the the sort of struggle in my head that, you know, when sometimes you're thinking too much about what someone else might like, you question things yourself, you question your own opinion. And you're like, Mm. well, do I like it? Because, you know, (laughs) you're trying to take an objective stance from it and, you know, step back a bit. But Mm. yeah, that's really interesting. So it's like that you, you, you make a new design, you're in love with it, you're really excited by it you put it out it's in the shop it's on Instagram it's wherever it is and then you kind of go off and do something else and then you come back and and you see it and you still like it but that's when the doubt comes in of oh do other people like it yeah I think that's it it's probably also you know kind of comes into linking in with sales and stuff and Mm. sometimes having bigger expectations than what are that don't necessarily match up with what I should be expecting of myself you know thinking that I might put something out of there and then bam they're all sold the next day or you know whatever Mm. and obviously that's you know I guess for someone who's just started that's not really going to happen or in lots of cases I suppose that doesn't happen so yeah I think sometimes it's a bit of that you might think oh gosh well not you know not heard anything about that no one's really no one's Mm. bought it or no one's sort of commented on it does that mean they don't like it and you know reading into things a bit too much I think yeah and I think that's a really tricky thing to navigate because you do see advice and things like that where people talk about sales and responses as being kind of proof of concept where you know just put something out there put it on pre-order or whatever and then that if people buy it that proves they want it whereas actually I think 
particularly when you're a couple of months in, it is more nuanced than that because it doesn't mean that just it might be that nobody's seen it and that's why they're not buying it. So it there's so many more reasons that come to play in that than just oh people hate this, it's awful. And that might be a little bit of a project. It's in terms of turning that negativity into action is when you think about, oh, well, maybe this is just awful, then make a list of like eight reasons why people haven't bought it that's not, it's awful, and then see what you can do about that. So maybe if you think, well, that post didn't do as well, so maybe I can repost it at a different time or or style the post differently to see how that affects things. Or maybe I can uh, put it in a newsletter or maybe I can... um, send some to friends and get it shared around or things like that and use it as a springboard to think how can I make sure I'm talking about this even more yeah I think that sounds really good actually because that feels yeah if I sort of take that out of the equation then I'm you start to make you think there must be other reasons as well apart from you know there might be some people who don't don't like it but there might be other yeah other people who've never seen it or and yeah what what can I do to Mm. to change that and actually the thing of everybody hates this, is actually the most unrealistic option of what's going on there. Because the people who follow you don't do that because they hate your style of work, you know? So it's not like you're putting it in front of people who are there, who are likely to hate what you do. So it's much more likely that there's another option. So if you just take that off the table, hypothetically, and then see what else is there, you do start to think oh, actually, yeah, maybe that's what's happened. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, though, because I, I, um, I've been doing a few sort of markets lately and I did, you know, did one the other day and it was a really successful one. There was a lot of people there. And, and the thing is, I found it was quite interesting because I didn't take it so personally then when lots of people came and did buy stuff. And then, you know, plenty of people come and don't buy stuff or walk straight past because it's not their thing Mm. and it's funny and that's I feel like in a real life situation like that it becomes I don't know somehow it's felt less personal because you can see that there's a good balance of okay Mm. those people like it those people don't that's okay yeah I don't know whether sometimes on the I suppose on on websites and um, on your online shop and Instagram and stuff sometimes you don't you can let your mind wander a bit because it's just a a, a bit of internet Mm. and you can't like at a market, you can see the people walking past, but they're not looking over at being like, oh, what the hell is that? They're not like gagging as they walk past. <laughs> um, whereas, yeah, you can't kind of see the whites of their eyes online. So, you're, yeah, your mind runs wild with you. And so, it, yeah, to try and use that market experience and apply it on there and just think, okay, well, the people who haven't liked this were just the ones who walked past the stand. They might circle back, they might not, but that's absolutely fine. I'm going to really focus on the ones who have liked or commented on this post because they're the ones who's come up to the stall and they're interested in what I do. So I'm I'm going to talk to them like I would if they were right in front of me because we can spend so much time worrying about the ones who walk past when we've got people right in front of us and to put put so much more energy into them and you feel better at a market when people say, oh, I love this or, oh, I'm going to buy them. My mum would love this or whatever it is. And so online, you need to be a little bit more proactive in generating that kind of feedback because, you know, it would it's not as awkward in real life if they were just stood there in silence. But online, they can stand there in silence because they can't see you. So to be more proactive in generating that conversation 
can be really helpful yeah definitely I think I think that probably yeah eases things a bit once you can actually hear how people think and hope yeah positive comments Mm. I think that's it I do need to sort of be a bit better I do I do use Instagram and um, I enjoy it but I think I could definitely be better at sort of engaging more I think I think it's been a bit of a learning process over the last few months being on it so much more than I was sort of previously on my personal account and um, yeah, yeah just navigating it I suppose. Yeah it's a very different approach when you're using it for business rather than just because you've gone from being a consumer to a producer it's the same again to use the fair analogy you're different behind the store than you are if you're just visiting it and it's it's the same kind of thing you've got to set up your shop and be there and be open for business on Instagram and be saying hello to people and explaining what you're doing and showing oh well if you like this one you might like that one it's the same it's all the same kind of thing but just because it's it's put into this quiet little box on the internet that we kind of lose track of it a little bit I think yeah definitely I think that that definitely happens and I suppose I just I'm a bit a bit of an introvert really and I sort of yeah I suppose it's it's also getting used to being not so introverted online and yeah commenting on things and replying to things and and those sorts of bits because obviously you have you have to people want to see who's who's mm. behind it yeah and that that is uh, an ever an ongoing kind of journey <laughs> to find how you feel comfortable there but sometimes you've got to take the step to know it was a step too far and then you can reassess and so just to kind of feel your way through it and you know if you get a comment rather than oh that's nice or just putting a like on it be like well if this person was in front of me I couldn't just be like give them a thumbs up so what can I actually say back and I think what the way we keep comparing it to a market is actually a useful thing just in general is that when you have an environment or a situation in your business where you feel good and confident and where you're quite happy and you don't have the negative self-talk quite so much it's to say right how can I take that situation and apply it somewhere else how can I take how I feel there and and make make take that stuff and put it here where I'm struggling that's a useful thing to do as well yeah I think that makes a lot of sense I didn't hadn't really put those two things together that but obviously, yeah, I definitely feel much happier and more comfortable in person at a market. And how did you bring that over? Because essentially it can be the same same sort of concept, can't it, Instagram? And, you know, it's, it is a sort of marketplace in mm. a sense. And Yeah, and it's all it's all other people. Uh, and that's the thing, the, the anon- anonymity, oh, I've not said that right, but you know what I mean, that you get online, you re- really lose that sense of it's all just other human beings who have got the same worries as us on the other side of that screen. Whereas we're a lot more gentler in person, I think. So to not think, oh, this there's out there is this whole big nasty world of people who are just waiting for me to fail or who are judging what I do. It's it's not. It's people who are out there worried about what people think of them or all those kind of things. And to just remember they're humans, I think, is also a really big thing. Yeah, definitely. It's funny because obviously you know I suppose as everyone does you make a lot of of friends through Instagram and lots of lovely people there and um you know I have noticed lots of people that I admire and think are doing a great job and that they've kind of popped on sometimes and said oh I've lost my confidence this week and I don't don't think I'm you know keep questioning everything I'm doing and it's it's funny when you see people that you respect and you think gosh they feel like that but why are they you know Mm. 
yeah, you just you think it's probably just you that's that has these feelings, but it's I don't think it often is, is it? No, not it never it never really goes away. You have to learn how to live with it a bit more because and and I think that's part of the problem is that we sit here and be like I can't feel like this anymore. I have to stop it. I have to get over this and out the other side where everything will be fine. But that's not actually a realistic thing to strive for because they'll over every fence there's another thing to worry about you know even if you've got a multi-million pound business you've got bigger worries you know you've got oh I've got this whole big team that I've got to worry about now and things like that so it's it's more a case of not trying to stop the feelings but live with them a bit better and doing things like well, what are five reasons that aren't that everybody hates me that this might have happened? Like little things like that, that you can start to think, okay, right, I need to I need to live with this a little bit easier because it's not going anywhere. Actually, I was listening to a podcast the other day, which is the latest Being Boss one, where they talked about how it's like you're in a car with fear and it's in the passenger seat shouting at you. But as you go on in your business, you get into a longer and longer car and in the end you're in like a transit van and it's right at the back of the van behind everything else you can just about still hear it but it's not impacting on you every day so yeah exactly it's not there shouting in your face it's there in the background but you've learned to overcome it a little bit and let it quieten down I like that analogy (laughs) (laughs) so that that's kind of what what to aim for is not to silence it all but just to be able to ignore it a little bit well, I, I definitely think, yeah, because I've tried to think that when I've, um, you know, different points in the process where I've sort of thought, oh, God, I can't do this. Maybe it's too much and I can't do it. And I sort of think, well, on the other hand, all these amazing people who have built their businesses, if they just gave up at that point where they probably felt like that, then they would never have built their business. And I suppose everyone yeah, goes through that first stage where, oh, well, as you say, it stays with you. But, you know, mm. if you just let that overcome and not like so that you don't do anything, then that's where it yeah. sort of takes over, I think. Yeah, that stage where it's shouting in your face is the stage where it would be really easy to be like, OK, I can't, I can't do it. But there has to be the reason that you started the business in the first place has to be the thing that keeps you holding on. And there is just that period of holding on through it, because by doing that, you build the evidence to show that the fear is not right. And then in a couple of months time, you can go, oh, well, actually, I did do this, this, this and this. So maybe all that shouting in my face isn't true. And that's how it starts to move back down through the van. Yeah, because you're I guess you're more confident then with what you have achieved and and you've got the proof to to show yourself to as back well. it up. Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. Sometimes it's so you can get so caught up in what you haven't done and what you need to still do, and what so and so's done that you're way mm. behind, and you know, and and you sort of forget to think. You know, I I sometimes you know I forget to look back and think. Well, I've only done this for about three months full time, so the fact that I've done this and this and this is a good thing, and I shouldn't you know beat myself up because I've not done that. Mm. Yeah, and you can overlook certain things because your your goalposts move. Absolutely, yeah, like hugely. Let's so let's talk a little bit about the comparison thing because I know that that's huge for everybody, yeah. right? and it just really kind of it's so snaky the way it infiltrates in. So, it, you talking a little bit there. So, would you say that it's? Do you have specific people that you kind of like? oh, I wish I could be them or why have they got that or I'm so behind them or is it more general than that? Probably fairly general, but I think, yeah, there are probably certain people that I follow that I think, oh gosh, they're doing such a good job and 
they did this at that point and I don't think I'm ready yet or you know certain things like that and you yeah so I think there probably is a bit of both really there's um certain people in particular but then also general you know Mm. and do you find that it's about the work or about where their business is or what they seem to be achieving I think not usually it's not usually the work actually Mm. um I think it's more, yeah, where the business is and and the sort of, yeah, what they're achieving. And yeah, I think it's just looking at it from that point of view and thinking, well, I'd love to be in that position or I'd love to get to that point or, yeah. And I Mm. think, I remember I heard in one of your podcasts a long time ago that you sort of said about comparing your beginning to someone else's middle. And I just think, I think that's exactly what I do all the time, Mm. Um, which is not just not that helpful because obviously you're not going to be at that point if you've, not been doing it as long as that person but um yeah you can't help doing it anyway yeah it's it's really and it's something that I've been pulling myself up about like this week being like it's okay like you've got the rest of your life to to get all this this list of stuff and so actually I find that quite useful to be like don't try and do it all in two years because then what's left yeah (laughs) what's left for you to do after that and actually enjoy the the process of doing it because I bet you in five years time you'll wish you were back you'll miss that those beginning excitement and nerves and all that sort of thing and to try and enjoy the moment while you're in it kind of like in a relationship where you you miss the the beginning of of all that excitement and stuff like that and yeah so I think that's the thing to think about is that that's and turn it from a this is where I should be now to that's what I could get to that's more of an aim yes because I, I think that would be more helpful yeah because comparison and envy and jealousy and all that kind of thing is you showing yourself what you really want yeah because you don't feel comparison about somebody who you don't want what they've got right yeah. <laughs> um yeah. so to use it as a oh that's interesting well that's obviously something that I really want well how can I start to make tiny steps now that will move my journey in such a way that I can get there too or even more specifically than that okay how can I this time next year have that thing or be at that market or whatever it is that they are looking at and to really turn it into a positive of okay right let me analyze this what have they done what could I how can I apply that to my business and use it to direct you rather than as a reason why you're not achieving I think that's yeah that's definitely I think I definitely need to do that. I think that'd be really helpful because I think often a lot of the time, instead of just thinking, okay, what have they done or what could I do? I think often I might just revert back to the, oh, perhaps it's because I'm not, mine's not very good and theirs is really good. <laughs> and I think that's probably where, yeah, where that comes in. Instead of just being rational and thinking like, oh, well, they've obviously, you know, they engage a lot and they do, they show up on Instagram every day or they do this and, you know, analysing it more. Mm. Yeah, and that to, to be a little mantra and a little catch for yourself that when you start to have those kind of feelings, it's rather than go into the, oh, it's because I'm I'm no good. It's a, okay, let's analyse this. Let's get active around this and let, let's do a really deep dive and have a little we'll look around and let's let's follow them. Let's sign up to their email list. Let's see what they're putting out there so I can kind of learn from them a little bit more. And it's, I shouldn't be where they are now. Yeah. But I could be. Yeah, as more of an aim. Yeah. I think that that definitely sounds much more productive than <laughs> beating yourself up in. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, putting yourself in a bad mind frame. It, yeah, and it's so easy to do. 
it's so easy to slip in. And that's why I mean, it's a constant work to get. And you know what? Not every time are you going to be able to get into the analytical space. Sometimes you're going to want to just, you know, lie down on the sofa instead. And sometimes you've got to do that. But to always try to get active around something because you can go into that all oh, a bit mopey state, which isn't it, which isn't helping you it's it's like hindering you and actually to be like right what can I do how can I turn this feeling into an action even if you just see something that kind of is a bit triggering and then you're like right you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna put an offer up or I'm gonna post on Instagram or I'm gonna create something new just turn it into an action so that it's something positive and proactive that you're doing I think that that definitely makes a lot of sense because also a lot of you know the people that you do admire that you do follow and compare yourself to that they didn't just get there through Mm. doing that you know without any hard work like they've obviously done all these actions to 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 achieve what they have achieved so you can't Mm. hope to be where they are without without doing the same really yeah exactly it's they had people that they thought oh god I'll never be there (laughs) but they that and that's the difference is it's that decision making it's taking the decision to do something about it or not Mm -hmm. and and ultimately that's what it comes down to the the businesses that that succeed and, and get people what they want out of them and the ones that don't it's the only difference is the ones that get there people do stuff yeah (laughs) makes a lot of sense yeah otherwise how else will you get what you want yeah yeah and like I said it doesn't have to be and this isn't another thing to beat yourself up over that you are allowed sometimes to just feel a bit crappy and 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 feel the feelings and just feel disappointed about something but it should be more often than not you're kind of going right let me take this and do something with it so we're not aiming for a hundred percent but we're aiming for like a good 80 <laughs> yeah I think that's reasonable <laughs> and that's it I think sometimes it's you know yeah they, I think everyone probably has those days where you just nothing's going right and mm-hmm. I think I've learned to try and start not feeling bad about being like okay well today's just one of those days and I'll go for a walk or you know sometimes I just if I if I'm having trouble with sort of some admin stuff I'll just go and do some printing and that always sort of puts you in a better mind frame mm-hmm. um so I guess yeah it's finding the things that take you out of that rut and make you feel better yeah exactly that's perfect it's I think that we sometimes feel oh I got to work through this I've got to push through this but we're not on somebody else's time we're not in an office like the point is that we can flow with our energy a bit more because yeah you have days where you're just like oh god I cannot do this today (laughs) and there's no point trying to push through because you're not going to produce good stuff out of it you're better off going out for a walk than just sitting at a desk feeling awful about yourself yeah and just having a little reset sort of this reset of your mind mind frame mm-hmm. and it's hard getting used to that I think when you've just come out of, from a nine till five and yes. you know it's you're very not watched but you kind of feel a bit more watched mm-hmm. that you kind of can't just take a breather when you want to or whatever yeah. um, but obviously you know you I do want to build my business around me and what I want and I think yeah well I want to I want to be happy and I don't want to sort of drive myself into the ground I suppose Mm. and just work even though I'm not you know I'm not feeling inspired yeah 
Yeah, it, that it's funny. I'm about two years in and I still feel like if I make a quite big decision, I feel like somebody's got to sign it off for me <laughs> or somebody's going to be like, oh no, you can't do that. So it does, it takes a really long time to unravel that kind of workplace conditioning. So it's good that you're doing it. And I think that you holding on to that, I'm doing this to feel happy. And when you start to experience those emotions and thoughts that you used to have in your old job, be to have that be a line and be like no I'm doing this because I don't want to feel like I used to and then go and find some joy yeah and the freedom to sort of make your own decisions uh, how however they suit you sort of thing yeah it's to hold on to that reasoning and to think back to how you used to feel and be like I'm not I'm my boss now and I'm going to be a better boss to myself than my previous ones and so I'm going to give myself a break and I'm going to do the thing that makes me feel joyful because I can um yeah yeah no I think that's I think yeah I've heard a lot about that about how you should yeah be building the business that you you want to you know be working in and Mm. I think definitely that's I mean it takes a bit of yeah as you said mental adjustment sometimes when you're like no it's okay to do this I'm allowed to do this um but yeah I think that feels quite important just to give give myself the break that yeah. I need sometimes. And there's still stuff we've we've kind of got to do that we don't want to do, or like taxes um, and admin. And there are things that we're going to like less, but we can make them what we need them to be. Like, for example, maybe the Instagram posting or the the engagement and things like that. If that's not you know, your number one favourite thing to do, you can still find a way to make it really enjoyable for you. So maybe like having a nice hot bubble bath and replying to comments in the bath or something is a way to make it enjoyable. Or you think, well, I can just do this for half an hour and then I've got the whole afternoon to print and have it as a bit of a reward and things like that, that just to yeah, to make it an enjoyable experience to be in your business. Yeah, I think definitely because that's ultimately yeah what you're sort of here for mm-hmm. to you know I think that's also a good thing sometimes to I think I'm bad at um giving myself a bit of a timetable not a timetable but planning things mm. I think I some a lot of the time I've got well there's got something to do there's you know everything's so busy obviously but I sort of decide okay I'll do that and then I'll do this and I think that's almost helpful if you just think okay well I'm going to spend half an hour doing this and you don't get carried away into you know doing it for ages if it yeah as you say if it's not your favorite thing to do if then you feel like okay, I'm done and I've, I can move on yeah exactly and that's the thing there's when you are on your own and you're the only one that can do things you're doing like 25 different people's jobs you can't do them all full-time so you have to draw the lines somewhere and, and prioritize and priorities can change so for example probably around Christmas you're gonna your priority around marketing and things like that is going to be much higher than it is like in the middle of summer for example and they can shift up and down but that's just part of it yeah definitely mm. I think yeah you just you vary it depending on what what you need to what you feel you need at the time yeah and so I think that brings us a little bit to expectations where you've mentioned about kind of comparing yourself to where you think you should be in terms of other people and that all comes down to that expectation of where I should be and that can be an external expectation or an internal one which it sounds a little bit like if you're giving yourself very strict plans and saying I want to be here by here by here that can be something that you can start to beat yourself up over yeah I see totally what you mean there and it's whether that's an actual something you're basing on 
Well, I suppose, to be honest, everyone's journey is fairly different, isn't it? So it's not always something that you're necessarily basing on a fact of like, I, if I'm not here by that point, I'm a failure. I think, yeah, often it is just my internal voice that's like, oh, well, if you see that person went off and did that trade show straight away and you're still not even close to being ready or, you know, certain, it's kind of creating things for yourself that um, that are not necessarily right. You know, they don't have to be right for you or the timeline's not necessarily right for your business. Yeah, exactly. And I think quite a good thing to do is, especially when you're seeing other people and thinking, oh, I should be there. Like, oh, now I need to, that's a new thing for me to strive for, is to actually get really specific and realistic about what it would take and whether that is something that you think, actually that sounds like hell. (laughs) I would hate to have to jump through those hoops or that would mean for me doing a couple of, like a few weeks of 10 hour days and that's just not worth it to me. That can really help to be like, okay, you know what? I can take that off the table. I don't need to have that as something that I need to do because the work to get there isn't worth it for me. I can do something else. Yeah. yeah you start to realize if that is even something you want yeah yeah because we see it and we're like oh god I should be doing that but then once you actually start to go okay well what is it going to take that isn't what why I started my business was to have to do stuff like that no I think that that makes a lot of sense because you know yeah sometimes I think you picture something as being the end goal which actually yeah maybe maybe the route to get there is not right for you or the or the end result is even not even right for you but it just feels like you should do it because you've seen someone else do it. Mm. And that's an opportunity to connect more with what you want and to actually forge your own path. And it's really easy to see other people's paths and think, okay, that's the way to do it. But you don't have to. You don't have to do all the trade shows and you don't have to do all of the whatevers. If actually the idea of that brings you out in hives, you can think, right, if that's where I want to get to, how can I make steps that fit with me and what I want for my business and that's again going right back to that beginning of why did I start this in the first place and how can I stay true to that through everything that I do and then your expectations are measured against that kind of internal yardstick of this is how I wanted to feel this is what I wanted to do this is what was important to me and that's the only way I'm going to meet my expectations rather than seeing what other people are doing and then internalizing those even though it's not really true to you yeah I think that those things obviously have to go hand in hand don't they otherwise yeah you're not really following what you wanted yeah (laughs) exactly and and that's the thing you can you go oh of course yeah oh god (laughs) but it's really hard (laughs) you do and and it's all about that kind of self-trust piece and self-trust will go up and down but it's something to always nurture because a symptom of lacking self-trust is always seeing what other people are doing and thinking oh god I need to do that too yeah whereas actually if you can just trust just and and just practice that no that's not what I want I'm allowed to do what I want and I trust that I'm going to lead myself the right way yeah that's half the battle (laughs) yeah I think that's true because uh, yeah sometimes you just get carried away don't you and you start you don't necessarily listen to yourself um Mm. And trust, yeah, trust your inner voice. And ultimately, that's how you end up with a business that you don't want to be in, is if you ignore that inner voice. And and very often people say, oh, I've got this business and it's thriving, but, you know, I'm miserable. Or they get to a place where they feel really directionless and like they don't know what they're doing. And that's 
very often because they followed those prescribed steps and ignored that that inside piece that was kind of going whoa 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 this isn't making us going to make us happy and so to always be really connected to that and just any time that you think oh god maybe I should do that that the immediate reaction should be well how does that make me feel if I think about what that's going to take does that feel really in tune with the life I want to be living and if it doesn't then you can give yourself permission to let it go also I think sometimes I guess what would be helpful is like you said in the when we were talking about sort of comparison that if it is something I want then how Mm. am I going to achieve it and sort of bullet point those things and think okay well don't just keep it there as a goal that I'm I want but I'm not doing anything about because Mm. yeah that that ends up making you feel bad but if you actually are active towards doing it it might make it more realistic precisely so I think you've got like a two-stage process there where you you have the feeling or you see the thing and then your first thing is to say is this true and to check it with yourself like is this true for me is this actually what I want if it's a no it can be let go of if it's a yes it's like okay how can I take action around this how can I use this in a proactive positive way to move forwards mm-hmm. it sounds so um you know when you bullet when you break it down like that it just sounds so obvious and you know like of course that's <laughs> but, yeah when you're like stuck in the thick of it sometimes you just don't think clearly like that but it makes that makes it so much more clear I think and um something just to help yourself move past those kind of points yeah yeah, and it's it it is you, when you as you say in the thick of it that is a really hard place to be, and because everything in your brain is trying to hold you back, hold you down, keep you safe, don't expose yourself, mm-hmm. and that's where those self doubt voices come from. It's like no, keep small, keep small, don't don't put yourself out there, don't put yourself out there. We're, we're fine, we're safe, we're down here, we're not we're not pushing <laughs> anything, and to actually then kind of to be like okay thanks thanks for that but you're really not helping I'm gonna go and make a plan that can be a really good way to talk your brain down is if it's like look this is the plan this makes sense right (laughs) um uh, and then yeah exactly um so yeah I think that's that's the thing you that your brain is there it's a very sophisticated organ working very very hard to stop you from doing these things so it don't feel bad about yourself for not noticing it but it's then as we say kind of taking the steps from that to not let it completely take over yeah I think that that definitely feels like I'm gonna remember that when, <laughs> when I'm in the depths of my <laughs> silly comparison yeah and I think that question of is this really true is always really useful and, and when you see things like oh I could never do that well why not yeah. And then you do can you want to do it really. Yeah, exactly. You can start to really unravel that that voice just by questioning it because we so rarely ever question it. Be like, is are you actually telling me the truth? Or well, if I want that, why can't I have it? And then you have to start filling in those reasons and then it all kind of starts to build a little bit. It's taking the power away from the voice really by questioning it, its authority. Yeah, I think that's something I can do I can learn to do (laughs) (laughs) and yet it'll take time and it's just every single little catch every single little question is a tiny step and also for you you're a couple of months in you've got the fear right there in your face it's screaming at you and you are in the 
deep dark heart of the volcano and <laughs> it will all start to get better but you can start taking those little steps those little tiny little shifts to start making it better and taking control of it yeah hopefully i'll i can listen to this in you know a year's time and think oh good i'm not in that place yes. anymore <laughs> yeah you definitely will yeah make that a promise to yourself yeah <laughs> That's a good goal. Put a note in your diary and listen back to it and, and remember how far you've come. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to ask you the last question, which we ask everybody, which is how do you grow a soul in your work and life? Well, I think I would say to that, I um, I always try and take a moment. I think I, got, I used to get so wound up in my old work and busy and not, not leave any time for for like taking a step back and appreciating the moment. So I think I've really tried to make an effort for the, for a while now to, to do that. And even, you know, just every day, but to just really enjoy, appreciate being outside or, you know, the sun coming in or, and just, yeah, don't try to take a step back from being wound up and stressed and appreciate the moment and remember, yeah, why you're doing what you're doing and enjoy it. So I think that's, that's, what I try to do anyway. <laughs> Lovely. Yeah, I think that's good. That's what I try to do quite often as well. <laughs> Just look out the window once a day is a good step. So, Emma, where can people come and find you and connect with you and see your work? Well, I'm on Instagram, which is just Emma Bradstreet Illustration. And then on my website, which is www.emmabradstreet.co.uk. So, yeah, just say hello and I'll be there. <laughs> Thanks, Emma. Thank you. Thanks so much. Any links we mentioned will be on my website, which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me and Emma on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason and she's at Emma Brad Street Illustration. As always, if you think you have a friend who would really benefit from listening to this conversation, please do send them the link to the episode and share where you're listening to. And until next time, I hope you grow a soul. <laughs>